Hey, Race to Rise fam. We're Rhonda and Renee, and we're back with a dose of R&R. And we're continuing to record remotely, and April is Financial Literacy Month, and we wanted to have a real conversation on how we are trying to manage our finances in a time that is honestly much worse than the 2008 financial crisis. You know, many of us have been impacted ourselves, or we know someone who's been laid off, furloughed. And for those of you in really senior roles, you've probably already been given the heads up that you're probably not going to get a bonus this year. So yeah. we know that finances- Bonus is keeping your job this year. That too, right? So we know that finances, you know, as well as your health and maintaining a peace of mind are definitely on top of everyone's minds at this stage. Absolutely. Well, first of all, like, let's just like keep it real. Like, how are you doing? How are you feeling? Let's start there because, you know, yeah, we're all in this predicament. How are you doing? Yeah, no, I think, look, you know, I, I would be lying to say that I'm not nervous. I think for someone who literally joined banking at the peak of the 2008 financial mm-hmm. crisis and also personally lost a lot of money during the financial crisis because I got pro- I bought property at the wrong time, literally mm-hmm. at, at the peak. I'm more worried this time around about the long term implications because unlike the 2008 financial crisis where it literally was just banks that were impacted. I mean, yeah. this is a global situation, right? Like real estate, for example, in the UK is at a standstill. I just, mm-hmm. I just bought a property. So I'm like, is this deja vu? Is this Groundhog Day? Oh um, my goodness. So yeah. yeah. I, I, I definitely am worried. I do think, obviously, I, I'm very confident that governments around the world and central banks around the world are working around the clock. But mm-hmm. I don't think this is an overnight solution. But that's me. How are you? <laughs> you know, I think in, in general, I'm good. I'm definitely feeling a lot healthier physically. Um, and I think, you know, I've always, I'll always be the first one to say, like, I am by no means like this, you know, tight pursed strings, you know, I should be. Um, I'm not a crazy overspender. But, um, you know, I always tease you that you're kind of like the financial guru of the of the duo. So, you know, I think what this time has really allowed me to do is say, oh, remember you can cook? Yeah, girl, <laughs> get yep. in the kitchen and get to it. Um, you know, I'd always been good with kind of basic things like packing my own lunch and bringing that to work. Um, you know, I'm the kind of person I will wear the same shoe that I love and the same bag that I love over and over and over again. But there are definitely things that I had been spending money on that, you know, I do see as essential. But, you know, in the middle of a crisis, when people are losing their jobs or I have friends who are influencers or friends who are travel bloggers or entrepreneurs, et cetera, you know, you just start to see, like, really, do I really need to get, you know, my braids redone every four weeks? Or can I really sit down and learn how to do this myself on YouTube? Right. So, yeah. It's brought about a bunch of, you know, and I I can talk about it through the episode, but it's brought about a bunch of just realizations. And I think as time goes on, there'll have to be a balance between what do you want to spend on to like really help stimulate the economy and make sure that you're giving back to small businesses, especially those that are owned by women or um, individuals of color. And at the same time, how are we preparing for you know, worst case scenario, we're in a situation like this kind of long term, longer than we expect, and or we face another one of these situations again in our lifetimes. Yeah, definitely. I mean, look, the numbers don't lie. You know, so far, you know, as of Friday, I believe, you know, 22 million people in the U.S. have already filed for unemployment benefits. Um, My goodness. 
For those in the UK, the Bank of England has already estimated that the UK economy has decreased by 35% since the coronavirus lockdown. Um, the food bank lines are continuing to increase on both sides. Um, for those of you guys who've listened in the past, you know that Food Cycle is a charity that's near and dear to me. Um, mm-hmm. Given the risk, I, I no longer volunteer, but I have been and I've decided to make a commitment to, to continue to donate so that I can feed 11 families a month. And so, you know, it's just across the board. There's the numbers aren't lying. Lenders are trying to offer as many concessions as they can, like payment holidays for your mortgage your credit cards and more recently your car loans. So for Mm -hmm. those I can only speak on in the UK from what I've read, um, if you have been impacted, you should definitely have the conversation. And I know for sure with mortgages that... It will not be held against you for your credit. Like all the credit rating agencies have come out and said that. So this is the time to to really try to take as many advantages as you can for those who have been impacted or, you know, are in a household where at least one of you guys have lost your incomes. It's mm-hmm. definitely the time to do it. But yeah, I, I'm I'm happy to share my story simply because I, in 2008, bought a house in Florida and the time I bought it was literally at the peak of real estate. And then 2008 happened and I lost a lot of money. I mean, it was worth significantly less. And it was a really hard time for me because not only was I, you know, meant to be this smart person who graduated, you know, with two degrees and qualified accountant and working at a big four accounting firm. The question is, how did I get into a situation like this? And the truth of the matter is, if anyone, if we all had a crystal ball, right? Hindsight is twenty twenty. So what I learned there was just the power of having a financial plan. And I think we should just have honest conversations. If you don't have a financial plan today, that's cool, but work on one now. Right. And that That's all I want is for us to just be more comfortable to have conversations about finances, the same mm-hmm. way we're comfortable talking about dates and, you know, hairstyles and- yeah you know, going out to dinners, like, I think we should be more confident to have fluid conversations on, hey, I don't really know much about this. And and make no mistake, I'm not a financial advisor. So please don't take anything that I'm saying as advice. It's just things that I've adapted or have read along the way. And I've tried to implement it in, in my life. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it, it kind of reminds me of, you know, a little saying that we say back in Jamaica, like, every mickle makes a muckle, right? So every little thing like you're putting aside even if it's you know if you can afford a dollar a week if you can afford 10 if you can afford 100 a week but every step towards creating that habit of being fiscally responsible um you know it'll go a long way you'll see the benefit of it over time yeah definitely and also i think you know if i'm honest from what i've been reading you know, they expect, at least when I read in the Financial Times for the UK, that women and young adults are projected to be impacted the most. Mm-hmm. But also, if I look at the cases across both sides of the Atlantic, what we're seeing is, is that the black and brown community are in, being impacted disproportionately. Mm-hmm. And when you really look under the hood, you start to kind of understand and ask the question, but, but why is that? And then you realize, yeah. well... It's based on their living conditions. Why is that? 
Well, it's based on their earnings. And, and why is that? Mm. Well, it's based on the professions that, that, that they're doing, um, which then impacts the access to healthcare and not yep. to mention the overriding pre-existing medical conditions, right? So, you know, as a community, like, the, again, back to my point, the numbers don't lie. So what can we do to not only impact young adults, women, the black and brown community so that in the future, when we have those challenges, mm-hmm. we're better equipped. Yeah. You know, to your point, what is it about discussing finances that's so kind of taboo or uncomfortable? You know, you see kind of like these, you know, women self-help groups and generally they're not, you know, women of color um, who are gathering to really talk about some of these. So it's very interesting to me that often, not always, but often as a community, it, it tends to be a topic that we, we just don't want to discuss and that we shy away from. You know, it's amazing to me sometimes when I talk to people and they have zero savings, like zero. And now is when you really see the funk hit the fan, right? So, you know, as I mentioned, I know people who are, you know, self-employed entrepreneurs, and it's just like, we just didn't see this coming. And as cliche as it sounds, it's like always prepare for a rainy day because you just have zero idea what can happen. Yeah, definitely. And one of the things, one of the resources that you put me onto that I really have always appreciated was really Nutmeg. Um, And it's just such a simple app. It's such a simple way to just extract big or small from my paycheck every month. Don't worry about it. It comes right out. So I don't really feel the pain of it. And then see my money grow over time or stay the same. Like the markets will be volatile at times, but at least I know I'm, it's one of many kind of apps and avenues I have that's kind of doing the same thing, which is encouraging me to develop and to retain really good habits. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I think to your original question about why is it, you know, certain communities, to be honest, I think it's just a a cultural thing. You know, Mm. when I was a kid, it was more like, look, as long as food is on the table and the bills are paid, like this is grown folk business, that's adults. And, you know, I I personally believe in the future and I hope that future generations that you have that conversation sooner than later because until personal finance is a mandatory curriculum, which believe it or not, 2020, it's still not the case for (laughs) students to learn that. I think it's very important because it's honestly one of the few things that I'm still surprised that we learn through trial and error. Oh my gosh. That's the (laughs) best way I've ever heard it explained. It literally does feel like a game. Yeah. And so, you know, I'll be honest, like when I bought the property, you know, I, it wasn't, I wasn't a flipper, right. Mm -hmm. It was a property, an investment, something I wanted to hold for a number of years and then sell and obviously, you know, look to buy more properties. It was just this, you know, typical real estate journey where you buy one property, it goes up in value, you get a good return and then you buy two properties and then you just kind of build that portfolio. That was my dream. Um, However, I did that as soon as I graduated from college. And so you can imagine, I probably didn't have a massive cash savings Mm -hmm. uh, for a downturn period. And that's what really got me was liquidity. And that was my most valuable lesson, you know, from that was to always make sure to your point that you have money for a rainy day or an emergency fund. Mm -hmm. Now, depending on who you talk to, 
you know, some people will tell you it should be for three months. Some people will tell you for six months. Yeah. I'm a firm believer you should strive for six months, but ultimately go to 12 months because when you face periods like this, um, it's better to have more than less. Now, that doesn't mean it should all sit in a bank because everyone knows that interest rates are ridiculously low and, and the rate of inflation, the cost of living is way more than the interest you're going to get in the bank. So, you know, make sure you put it in something to your point, like nutmeg where, you know, you're investing um, in fairly liquid assets. So things that you can sell quickly. So that's my first tip. First and foremost is to really make sure that you have money for a rainy day, because unfortunately what you were saying on that is yeah. Like a lot of people don't have it. I was surprised in the UK you know, more than 25% of people don't have an emergency fund. And I think the number is... Wait, how much percent? 25% in the wow, UK. Wow, that's huge. No emergency fund. And I think in the US, it's around 33%. But okay. still, an, an emergency fund, and I mean, like, just to be able to cover something like $400, $500. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, that is the reason why there's that cycle of people funding their lives with credit. Mm-hmm. And obviously, we know, depending on what type of credit you get, it probably costs a lot. So your best bet is to always have money so that you're not having to pay interest to fund your lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So that's tip number one. Yeah. Now, I always like to see the glass half full. Mm-hmm. Because we're everywhere in the world, we're virtually on lockdown. A lot of us have been forced into savings, right? So yeah. like every other week I used to get a manicure and pedicure. So that money that I used to spend on a manicure and pedicure is what I'm using to now further build on my savings. Hair appointments like you, Mm -hmm. I'm one of those people, I've never tried to look at YouTube video. I've never, Mm -hmm. I've always outsourced getting my hair done. But now because I'm being forced to save, which is a good thing. I'm always trying to see the glass half full in the situation. I'm like, okay, money I would have spent to go out to brunch with you or go to the spa mm-hmm. with you or get my nails done, get my hair done. I'm, I'm building on that. So I think yeah. it, for people who have never really, to your point, had a savings account, this is a perfect time to say, well, when I was out and about, what was I spending my money on? Yeah. And use that and divert that into your savings. I think it's critical to write that down, like jot it down. One of the things that I've been doing is really just keeping a list of, of the ways in which I am saving because then it makes it really tangible and you can really go through and see what you should kind of continue, start and stop. Oh, 100%. I think that's a really good idea because that goes to my other point, which is, you know, you got to know where you're going by first knowing where you're starting from. And so this is a perfect opportunity for all of us at home, you know, in between virtual happy hours and TikTok mm-hmm. videos and Netflix binging. <laughs> this is a perfect time to, to know what is your net worth, right? And what that means is like, how much do you own? Like if you look at all the cash in your bank account, if you look at your investments, if you look at your jewelry, art, wine, for those who got it like that, and then compare that to, you know, how much do you owe, own, right? Like, so this is your your credit card, your student loans, you yeah. know, your medical bills, legal fees, um, mortgage, right? And then hopefully what you own is far more than what you owe. And that means you have a positive net worth. If it's a case where, 
you know, you owe more than you own, then we got to focus on a plan of how do we get rid of that debt? Because the truth of the matter is you can never build wealth when you have so much debt. And the book that changed my life, and I can never, ever take credit, I have to give credit to one of my friends, Nishiki, who I met in Atlanta when I used to work at Deloitte, and she was Mm -hmm. my client. She told me about this book by Dave Ramsey, Total Money Makeover. Mm -hmm. And that book changed my life, because that book is the book that exposed me to the snowball effect, which basically means what you want to do is you want to itemize all of your debts and look at the debt that's the most expensive. And you want to tackle that first because, you know, that's the debt with the highest interest rate. Um, And by tackling that first, then the money that you use to tackle that most expensive debt, you move it on to the second most, and then you move it on to the third most. And then what you realize over time, the snowball effect builds and you are done with your debt. And that's true story how I got out of my financial situation was I applied the snowball debt and that is why I support what you said which is write everything down because you can only act on what you see yeah yeah it makes a difference it makes a huge difference really yeah and then another thing that I think people should think about is how do you hedge yourself Mm -hmm. right Um, this is a time now where, you know, there's, at least in the UK, you could have insurance for loss of income. Now, I can assure you right now, if we try to get a policy for that, not only is it going to be very expensive because, I mean, we're going through a global pandemic, Mm -hmm. but two, I'm sure a lot of insurance companies are not underwriting those those uh, policies as we speak. But that's something you should think about when we get back to normal conditions, which is something I'm definitely going to think about. Like I have life insurance, Mm -hmm. but I don't have insurance in case I were to lose my income. Um, And I don't have insurance if I have critical care outside of what my current employer provides. So I definitely think another tip is we should actively think about how do we hedge ourselves? Because mm-hmm. it's one thing to do the nutmeg and to have a job, but what happens when that carpet gets yanked? Well, like, yeah. Head, right? One of, the, one of the best things that, that I think I did kind of early or in my now later life is I had gone through a few different kind of career transitions earlier in my life. I started kind of in journalism and then I went into um, nonprofits and all of that before I got into banking. And every time I left an organization, I would roll over my 401k versus cashing it out. That's Um, really good. And that was really instilled in me by my mom. She was like, no, no, you're not going to take, you know, that few thousand that you have gotten. And I could have easily taken it. And look, you and I talk about this all the time in the error of keeping up with the Joneses, it's very easy to be like, oh, that person has that bag, those shoes, whatever. And we all fall, fall for it. I know you're a sucker for a good bag. And girl, I could, buy, I could buy dresses <laughs> and makeup for the rest of my life, right? And so, yeah. um, you know, one of the best things that my mom had encouraged me to do is every single time that money came to me in a check, I wouldn't even look at it. There was no treating myself. It was rolled over and invested. And so I don't even see that money now. It doesn't even cross my mind. And, you know, to me, it's either a very good emergency fund or what I will buy my first house with. Right. And so, yeah, I think, again, kind of 
out of sight, out of mind sometimes, especially if you know you're prone to, you know, excessively treating yourself, which sometimes I do, um, whether that's with, you know, things like travel or clothes or whatever, but really having it kind of out of sight, out of mind, it's, it's again, building really, really good habits. So, well, shout out to your mom for saying that because hey, what people don't realize, <laughs> no, seriously, what people don't realize is when you do move employers and you get that option to have it, you know, roll it over or to get a cash, you know, that triggers a tax event, right? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, when you contribute to a 401k, what you're basically doing is you are taking pre-tax dollars. So money that you're not being taxed on. And the idea is you're investing it and it's meant to grow and earn dividends tax-free. As soon as that cash or check is sent to you, the IRS will view that as a, you know, a distribution, right? Which all of a sudden is a taxable event. And all of a sudden that costs you money. So you're basically, as they always say, you're robbing your hand to put it into another hand, Mm -hmm. right? So kudos to you for listening to your mom. Yeah. (laughs) Not following up the Joneses. Because, yeah, I mean, another book that I would say has helped me with my personal finances, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, where it's all about paying yourself first. And, you know, they always, the the number is not right. It's more of art than science. Mm -hmm. It's just what do you think is right for you and the lifestyle that you want. But you have to get into the habit of paying yourself first. Because a lot of times people will say, well, I just want to wait until I earn a certain amount. But the truth is, if you don't have the discipline and the commitment and the consistency, it's never going to happen because the more money you earn and studies have shown people who earn six figures doesn't necessarily mean they're richer. In yeah, some cases, they're worse off, right? Yeah. Because the more, the more money, more, money, more problems, more girl. Time. May said it best. Exactly. Diddy, Diddy and them said it best. More money, more problems. Like. I remember as I was kind of coming up in my career, I would be like, oh, you know, once I hit this particular threshold, like once I hit X amount of dollars, I am gonna, you know, save, save, save. But the, the more you make, the more comfortable you get with your lifestyle, the more you spend, right? It just, yeah. it, you had to be so incredibly disciplined. And I know one of the things that we wanted to talk about as well is like, and I'll let you continue with, with your list because I think you have a few other things. But one of the things that I really want to tackle as well is kind of, tangibly in this moment in the pandemic in isolation quarantine lockdown etc like what are some of the things that we're doing I can list some of the things that I've been doing to really quote unquote save or try to save but yeah back to you girl yeah no I mean appreciate that I guess for me another thing is just plan for life after death Mm. Um, I'm really surprised how many people and I'm not gonna lie I'm I'm guilty of it as well who like doesn't have you don't have a will right oh girl and, yeah and it's just crazy how much wealth gets lost once it goes to probate and you have to go to court and trust me guys you don't ever want to go to court because the only person who's getting paid are the lawyers yeah okay mm-hmm. and so i always tell people it surprises me where i know you love prince but it mm. surprised me that prince with all of his genius yep. didn't have a will yeah aretha franklin no will yeah um so i think it's very important that you know while we're focusing on the now you also got to think about your loved ones who you'll leave behind so my thing is definitely planned for life after that yeah um i know it's much harder because depending on where you live in the world 
obviously you probably need to be present, um, obviously with social distancing, the person who would need to witness your will needs to be someone who's independent of you. Mm -hmm. But I know that I know in England, they're trying to work around that. But Mm -hmm. that's something I definitely plan on doing. um, As soon as things get back to normal, now that I have property, now that you know, my my retirement accounts are more mature as I get older. It's just very important that it's clearly defined where I want things to be because the last thing I want is on top of people's you know grieving to also be bickering over dollars and cents yeah so that's my two cents on that front yeah totally I mean I think between health insurance life insurance and having a will those were again things that as soon as I graduated from college like I couldn't even understand what my mom was talking about but I was like oh, this, you're telling me I need to do this? I'm going to do this. So I got That's on amazing. it. Um, I think, well, I can tell you, yeah. kudos to your mom for having those conversations. Yeah. I mean, you know, sometimes, you know, I wish they happened a bit sooner. And look, I, like I said, I am the last person to, and I, even before we recorded this episode, and ever since I've known you these past two years, I'm always like, girl, I am not the person to talk about finances because I am quick to book a flight, child. <laughs> like, I appreciate a good but night. But it's moderation out. too, right? Yeah, like, everything think, in moderation. I think that's the thing. Yeah, I appreciate you a good night out, financial. just like everyone else. Yeah. I appreciate a new outfit and, you know, buying fresh makeup and getting my hair did and all that good stuff. Um, I think for me, since being home, it has really, I went through about a week and a half where I was literally glued to Amazon. So I was buying, I just looked around the house and I was like, oh, I realized I should get an air fryer. Let me buy an air I heard fryer. Really good. Oh, this garbage can is a little small. Let me buy a new garbage can. You know, so I was just binging on on Amazon. And then finally that kind of that wave kind of died a bit for me. And I was like, all right, Ronda, get it together. Stop being crazy. Um, but some of the things that I've been doing that I wanted to share was I've been canceling subscriptions to things. So, you know, you're kind of in the hustle and bustle, you're going, you know, here and there and everywhere. And I realized, wait a minute, I have a subscription for iTunes, but I also have one for Spotify and I use Spotify so much more, especially for our podcast. Mm -hmm. So maybe I should put that on hold or I've been unsubscribing to certain um, like email subscriptions that come in linked to, you know, clothing stores and stuff that I just really don't even buy from anymore. You might buy something from them one time, you know, put your email address in, but then you're tempted when the email comes in and they're like, oh, 50% off now that you're home to buy this. So I've been actively unsubscribing That's amazing. to a lot, to a lot of those so that I'm not even tempted. Um, you know, I mentioned this earlier, I've been cooking more and um, not only cooking more, but also being thoughtful in terms of what I'm buying when I do go to the grocery store, because one, I'm trying to limit my time outside and in the store because, mm-hmm. you know, no one wants to be out and about as much anymore. And so, you know, I'm buying like the no name brand, you know, cheese or milk or what have you. Right. Because yeah. it's just better, better sense. Right. So really thinking about what I'm buying, but not only that, thinking about those who are less fortunate, who do need things. So not overbuying in the time Thanks of pandemic either. <laughs> yeah, I think it's really important. And I've also just taken inventory of my cupboard because I've had a stocked cupboard, but I've also, you know, always at a gala or a dinner or out with friends for drinks or ordering in or eating out with my partner, what have you. Like you all you, you tend to forget like all those tins of beans and this and that and whatever, like the tuna cans yep. and the macro cans. You tend to forget those are in the back of your cupboard. So I had to really shake myself up a bit 
um, earlier in the week and say, use what you have first. I love it. Stop buying new stuff. Use what you have first. So I've done that. Um, But I've also given myself time to really treat myself too. So I don't want to completely get into this mode where I'm like, you know, squirrel forging for, for, for nuts and just not being kind to myself. So, you know, what my advice, so to speak, um, being home now, it's not, you know, buying clothes because I'm not going anywhere um, or booking new trips because I ain't going nowhere. Mm-hmm. But um, I love my records. I'm a big vinyl record collector for anyone who knows me or has seen yes. me on Zoom or FaceTime. I always have them in the background behind my behind my head here. And so I was like, you know, this is something that I really enjoy when I'm feeling a little blue and down. I love popping in a record and just dancing around the house. And so cool. That's going to be my treat. I'll work on building my collection even more. Um, I've also looked at, you know, whatever bills that I've been paying that, um, you know, could be reduced. So should I have a lower plan on my phone plan? Should I have a lower plan on, you know, my internet plan? You know, thankfully I don't have a car, but if you have a car and you're paying insurance or, you know, even, um, Sally May and Navient, for those of you who are based in the U S and have student loans, they've actually put into place from mid March to mid September. So over a six month period, you know, if you're auto enrolled in de- direct debit, it's on pause with zero interest. Nice. So you don't, you don't have to actually action that, but definitely go in and make sure that that's happening. Um, and, you know, the other thing, too, is continuing to give back at the same time. So you and I are huge in philanthropy and huge in giving back. And it's kind of one of the things that brought us together. And so if that's something that you do anyway, continue to do it because it's going to be supportive of your mental mental and emotional health and make you feel good. Um, and, and, and think about ways to give back. And one of the ways that I'm also giving back is I'm not ordering, I'm not ordering food anymore, right? I'm cooking a lot, Mm -hmm. but if I decide to treat myself once every two weeks and get something ordered in because I'm tired of my own cooking, I'm going to probably try to go for a business that I know needs the help. Or if I'm going to go buy groceries, I'm probably not going to go get it from like a Marks and Spencer's, for example, for lack of a better word, because I'm from Brooklyn, BK for life, <laughs> I'm going to go down the road to, you know, what we would call in Brooklyn, my bodega. And I'm going to get something from the bodega because I want to support that small business. So I encourage everyone to just think about those, you know, tips and think about that and kind of interweave it with some of the best practices that you've shared as well. Yeah, 100%. I mean, and to your point with charities, obviously, with the whole social distance thing and lockdown, they're facing serious challenges because a lot of them would be holding galas and events. And so, Mm -hmm. yeah, I totally echo that for those of you who can continue to support, obviously do it not at the detriment of your own household, but um, definitely help because this is real. And um, if you can't give your time, you know, give resources, be mindful for those in the UK, thank you so much for doing better when you go grocery mm-hmm. shopping. You know, think about the NHS workers, the frontline people, the grocery store employees themselves, the delivery people yes. when you are shopping and just focus on what you need. And I think anyone can improve from their financial plan. I think you just first need to know, you know, what is your status, right? Mm-hmm. That's my first thing. Define your money values. Like, what is your desired lifestyle? And are your Mm. actions today guiding you there? So if you're saying you want to retire at 55, but you're spending way more than what you make, then clearly you're not going to be able to retire at 55. But like I said, it's also balance. Like life is worth living. And obviously you got to have fun. You have to treat yourself because you got to work hard and play hard. I believe in that in balance. Amen to that, girl. Right? And then hedge yourself. So 
insurance, emergency fund, you know, think about how are you hedging yourself when we get exposed to crises like this, because there's definitely going to be more like them in our lifetime. So let's just use this opportunity and plan for life after death and just start a plan. Remember, your plans need to be agile and dynamic. You should plan, do, check that it's working. And if it's not, act and plan again. And so I just don't want anyone who's listening to us today to feel ashamed, embarrassed, or guilty, but just use this as Mm. an opportunity to learn from your past, right? And be clear for what you want in the future and the role that money is going to help in achieving that. It's all about the dollars and cents and the pounds and pence, girl. (laughs) And so I guess, you know, I guess we're going to end it here. And just- wow continue to check us out thank you so much for your love like the love has been pouring in from our first live from lockdown and thank you so much and we just want you to remember that everyone's race is different but we want you to stay the course keep running your race and you will rise to the top till next time bye bye